Hey everybody, welcome in. It is episode number 13, Unlucky or Lucky, depending on how you look at it. Chris here, uh, coming to you on Saturday night. John, how are you this week? Good, uh, well, and tired, but I always see 13 as lucky. Well then, we should have a good episode, theoretically. And we got yeah, it's the Baker's dozen. It's it's the Baker's dozen. By the way, Baker's dozen to me, a Baker's dozen should be eleven. Because like, if I was a baker, I would bake a dozen, and then I would test taste one to make sure it was okay. So I don't know where they're getting thirteen from Baker's dozen. That is uh, very practical and poignant, Kirk. Because um, I know I wouldn't be able to eat, not eat at least one of whatever I baked. Or maybe, so they maybe you just you don't want the other people to die. You want to make sure it's a good donut. So you, you know you just you know. You... Or they make fifteen and only give you thirteen. I, I, I don't know. Baker's doesn't seem silly, and I think like the candlestick, the baker, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. It's like once the like the baker became like the erotic baker, like the other two stopped hanging out. They're like, Ugh, it's getting weird. <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable with his pastries. Well, uh, Kirk, as non-practicing heterosexual on the uh, Discord, you and I've, you, uh, I've been single for a while, so the, I, single seems negative, like you're lacking something. It's you know, it's like a a non-practicing Catholic or a non-practicing Jew. Like it's just kind of like I haven't made anybody, and I'm not coupled up, so I'm just. It seems you know. It, it seems like it's uh, you guys are you guys are practicing heterosexuals because you've made human beings. You've done the thing, right? Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense for better or worse. Yeah. So just it did a different spin on it. So <laughs> did you hear what John said? <laughs> he said, no, for, what? He, said, he said for better or worse. Better for you, like, look, I'm not proud of it, but I have I have passed on these genes, and that's the thing. Like, I think I'm thinking about turning my genes into cutoffs, so I don't know what that says about me. I'm just kind of like, who just as I don't just I don't understand how more parents, and maybe this is just me thinking, but it's just how like just the thought of does the world really need more of me? Doesn't that cross anybody else's mind? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, what it's, have I combed out that I can pass on to something? Nothing. I'm a, I'm a dummy. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it seems, instead of just, I have to make kids, should I? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a growing, uh, growing mindset. Yeah, the population, they're all worried that it's shrinking too much. Not enough people are having kids. It just, and like, not for, like, they're not financially feasible. And it sounds like a, a really, it's it's a weird way to look at it, like your balance sheet of like, but it just it seems like it's, if I ever have a job where I might feel comfortable enough, then we'll talk. But guess what? In 25 different jobs, hasn't happened yet. Uh, and there's definitely a shred of truth to that. I mean, if if my first kid hadn't been a complete and utter surprise... Uh, you probably would have waited a few years before to get everything settled. Now we're kind of just stuck where we are. Right. Well, and, and, and I hate to say, but it's like 
as a single per- I feel I can float and do whatever and I can I can quit jobs that I hate and I have yeah. that luxury because yeah. it's just me I can you know I can feed my dog and pay my bit like I'm so that just not having that responsibility of other people just leaves me the luxury of saying fuck off horrible job this is I can't take you anymore yeah but Having kids is a lot of fun, though, too. You've met yeah. Delilah. <laughs> you know, I like that. No, it's nice to hear occasionally people say, yeah, it's rough. It's because, like, the, it seems like as a parent, you're almost uh, committed. You have to double. It's hard to get a parent to say, yeah, I shouldn't have done that just because <laughs> you're in it to win it now. Like, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. My kids are great. And I do enjoy hanging out with them and doing everything, but it's just, uh, that sounded weird. Uh, it's just, it changes things. Well, it just seems like if, if you hang out with people long enough, you're going to get on each other's nerves, no matter who you, you know what I mean? Like there's no uh, people that are exactly the same. So there's going to be friction on that level. And it seems like it's almost just, I don't know. Like it, it's an old, it's, uh, I think it was a Richard Jenny bit, but he's like, would you rather be single or married? Would you rather be lonely or annoyed? That's whichever one you'd rather be, that's what you go with. Well, the, the be- I feel as though the beginning of this podcast took a little bit of a downer. I'm just saying. Just, just a little bit. You know, <laughs> me being a yeah. little macabre. No, kids are great, but you definitely have to be in the mindset. And in the the well, and bottom bottom line is you have to be willing to put in the work that it takes to raise children. They're not easy, but yeah, it's a responsibility. It's yeah. a big. It's it shouldn't. I I think a lot of it's like well, it's just what you do, and it's like well, is it? Well, can you do it well? <laughs> can we shoot for that? Like, how about trying to do a good job or? It seems like a lot of people are like, well, my parents did a shitty job or I came from a broken, like somebody left and there's only one of them, so I can do it better. And like, that's the motivation. But it's like they just jump into it when they're too young and they're not settled. And I don't know. I'm, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking it, but it just seems like kids aren't for everybody. There's got to be another way to live your life or affect society just then. Well, I'm just going to put put my dreams onto my kids and then they'll do it. Well, on that note, I'm going to steer us into something different. Cause yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't oh, think we, that's uh... only because you're a new dad. Well, yeah, but still. So uh, I started thinking about episode 13 and of course 13 is considered a superstitious number, unlucky number. Uh, and I wanted to know, I feel as though everybody has some sort of superstition, and I wanted to ask you guys what you thought your biggest superstition was. Goofy, not goofy. Like, I'll start with mine, is I try and avoid stepping on cracks in the sidewalk. It's really weird, but I just do it. That's like a superstition for me. Not sure why, but I figured I'd ask you what you guys had. No, I don't. I usually buck all superstitions i don't there's nothing i routinely try and do 
Dark? Well, the the step the stepping. Oh, just real quick. The, this not stepping on the sidewalk crack is so you don't break your mother's back. That's, yeah. Everybody knows that. That's why you. That's from from childhood, from way back. And I'll I'll agree. I you know I would do that. I would avoid stepping on. For and for a while, like uh, like I had to, like anything I ate, like if I was eating potato chips or candy or whatever, like I at like twos. It had to be twos. I couldn't eat a handful or three or one. Had to be two. I don't know. I don't know if that was a superstition. But it was just became like a I don't know, like a habit. Like all right, I put my, you know, my left sock and my uh, uh, first, and then I do my right. I don't know if that's habit or superstition. I don't know what you'd call that. Well, I you know it's kind of probably a little bit of both, which or... is why I started thinking about it because there's so many. I guess you would call it a ritual, in that sense, but. You know, there's so many like rituals, superstitious kind of things. Like, uh, for example, just like you, I don't like to end my lunch on a chip. I would much rather finish on a sandwich bite than a chip. I don't know why, but that's like a ritual slash maybe it's superstitious so that my lunch doesn't come back on me or something. Who knows? Well, it's like the the Denny's the Denny's breakfast grand slam. You always the bacon is safe for last. Al sort of as the dessert of the breakfast because it's the best, right? I mean that's just that's just planning. That's just being a you know that's just not being a dummy, right? I mean that's what you do. Bacon comes last. See, this is all well, sounding and, like a little bit of a little bit of OCD. It may be, but I'm surprised, John, that you don't have anything that you that. I mean, there's got to be something that you do that's at least a little superstitious. Nope. I was actually very happy my first daughter was born on uh, Friday the 13th. Oh. Remember that? So you're, so you're a freak, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, and I just I don't have anything that is habitual or... OCD-esque, I guess. Like, I'm trying to think, and... Yeah. Well, and it's it's just kind of funny, because I, I don't necessarily believe in superstition, or, you know, like, walking under a ladder, or breaking a mirror, or whatever it might be. I don't necessarily believe in it. But I clearly have some sort of tie to that type of behavior, and I only started thinking about it when I thought about episode 13 because, well, it's, uh, you know, 13. Right. I think that's probably a sports thing. I think a lot of sports, like uh, I, I heard Mark Grace say so one time, he goes, he's, he's not superstitious because it's bad luck. I mean, that's, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, I think there's so many sports folklore or, you know, you you can't step on the chalk line, or you you know what I mean. There's certain things, and I think that just becomes it's all it's like the same thing with uh, John being into sci-fi. His knowledge and what he thinks about space is more than the he's just familiar with the vocab. And I think as a sports person, you're you know, oh, if the guy's in the zone, if the guy's throwing no hitter, you can't talk to him. You know what I mean? There's just certain things where it's just like, okay, I'll go along with the voodoo. I guess, just because that's what everyone else is doing. It's just, you know, team thinking. Oh, yeah. And baseball, of course, sports in general is full of superstitions. You know, 
especially baseball. I know, like, don't talk to the pitcher when he's throwing the perfect game. There's lots of that stuff going on, and most of those guys get stuck in rituals, too. So it's a thing, for sure. Right, and I think it's just chan- it's honing your OCD because, like, they, I just want uh, the bird. Uh, he was a pitcher from the the Detroit Tigers. I never heard of him before, but it, he he kind of had a quirky, weird system where he would like, you know, get down and like he was almost the groundskeeper, like ma- manicuring the mound to make it right. And then he had these kind of these weird goof. He would talk to the ball and stuff, but hey, it worked. You know what I mean? But so I think there is a a quirkiness that is. As long as you can do it, they don't like you know Dennis Rodman. He could dye his hair whatever color he wanted to, but he get eighteen rebounds a game and shut the other guy down, and the team would win. Go ahead, you do you. Well, it's funny that you mentioned baseball, because uh, <clears throat> John, I had a a question for you this week, and. It ties to 3D printing because I've been doing a lot of work in Tinkercat. That one's for you, Kurt. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know what it is. It's I, I have a litter box set aside for Tinkercat if he stops him. Uh, so anyway, uh, upon John's tutelage, I have been working on my skills for Tinkercad. And I'm trying to 3D print a wiffle ball. Which I think has been done. It has. And I actually, so after I attempted my first couple tries on my own, I went and downloaded one from Thingiverse. And my question to you is this. So the one on Thingiverse was okay. Like it was the right size and dimension, shape, all that stuff. But in printing with PLA... It does not hold up to anything. Well, so my... it, it wouldn't necessarily because PLA is not exactly the strongest plastic. So my question... Did you say you need a harder plastic, John? Yes. Would you go to a TPU for something like that? I mean, you could do TPU... Wait, that's the flexible one. Oh, um, no, yeah, uh, PETG. PETG. Um, here's the thing, though. In my testing, yes, there's differences, but it's not significant. Because um, for one of my coworkers, they wanted an AR mag mount, right? Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to say it, it's mag. It's not a clip. Um <clears throat> And I printed PLA, I printed PETG, and I printed ABS. And they were all very similar in uh, strength. Okay. I'm sure the PLA would have broken first under, like, if you tried to bend it in half. And I'm sure PETG and ABS are very similar in strength. The biggest thing is infill. Have you been... Ah, but I can't imagine that a wiffle ball would need infill. It'd probably be pretty solid, right? Yeah, and... A... Most of what I had trouble with was the... Uh, the pieces around the holes. 
in the in the ball is where you lose all your integrity and that's the first place it breaks so was it was it just caving in on itself like it was sort of warping or was it actually kind of snapping like what what happened it actually snapped and all i did was throw the ball and it landed in the grass like it was just landing in the grass was enough to break one of the one of the pieces so i was trying to think of a way that you could 3d print a wiffle ball but that's why I was asking is because I wasn't sure if Pet G would be strong enough. But based off what you're saying, I'm guessing that I should probably just stick to buying wiffle balls. I was about well, to say, how much does a wiffle ball cost? <laughs> yeah, versus how much it's going to cost you to print it, especially in Pet G since it's more expensive than uh, not by much, but. Well, the wasn't necessarily the price it was yeah trying to, it was trying to see if one i could do it and make the design myself and then two figuring out what the difference if there would be any like because i don't know if you guys are familiar with wiffle ball and like the crazy stuff that you can do with whipple wiffle balls when you pitch them but aerodynamically like you see a slider in baseball and you know it's got a lot of movement to it but a wiffle ball, because of the aerodynamics of it, has like two times the movement. So it's really crazy. And I was trying to see if I could amp that up at all. Yeah. The only thing I could think of that would potentially strengthen it um, would be to make the walls thicker and to potentially run um not supports but um you know what i'm saying like strengthen the inside like have it have a a, a solid core with yeah, struts the only, coming out the only problem with so, like, that you got to change the design is what you're saying you got you yeah. can't leave the you can't just do a model of a wiffle ball you got to tweak with the make it heavier in the core and i don't know and then but weird, like a design where the the it just it seems like a wind would come in and it would just make it curve or something make it move so it's hard to hit the other thing you would you because you're looking to kind of amp up what a wiffle ball could do yes and if you had a core especially if it was a solid core you could potentially do a lot with that especially if it was strengthened with uh, supports going to you know I'm not saying like have the whole ball solid that's but having a solid core with an air gap with supports that don't necessarily have to be very um, it wouldn't have to be many especially if you upped the wall because I would imagine right, that so, so I don't, you gotta you, you gotta get the wiffle ball to go into a Pilates class and get that core real tight is what he's saying. That's <laughs> well, what I heard. My... I believe he's saying from the window to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on the glass. Okay. Anyway, back to what were we talking about? Um, my first balls. suggestion would be larger walls because I looked at uh, I think it's called Yegi. And one of the ones I've seen is 
it's the similar kind of wiffle ball shape, except the walls are very thick. You're not going to necessarily get that thin wiffle ball look. You're, it's going to be a little bit thicker just to survive potentially being hit with a bat. Um, and then I would say just have fun with it and do stuff like, you know, put a core in, see what it does. Okay. Well, it's it was interesting enough to spark my curiosity. I worked on it for like two nights and uh, tried like three or four different runs on it to see if I could work it out. And uh, one of the problems I had was having to add some stickum to the print bed because circles don't like to stay put on a 3D print bed. Right. I know. I remember back back when I was in college, I had a bad case of the wiffle balls. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Been there. Yeah, I was going to say, you could print. I'm assuming you're using supports? Um, initially, no. Because you could what? support it from, from just the build plate. And then have it, so that way it doesn't go inside the wiffle ball. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, and that's what the suggestion is for the one that I downloaded that was somebody else's design. But I also just used a raft, and that seemed to work pretty well. Yeah, but the supports will hold it in place a little bit better. I'll have to come up with, see if I can't print one too. Yeah, it's food for thought, because... I feel like uh, it would be really wacky and fun to create one of these things that's even more uh, goofy than a wiffle ball has the potential to be. Well, and that's uh, why I was saying if if you threw a, something, you know, if you changed up, because you wouldn't have to necessarily use like straight supports. You could use almost like fan supports or curved supports so that when the wind's going into the ball, it creates you know, a fan type effect where you're, you know, potentially. Well, and when you, when you say supports, I'm picturing like toothpicks or like, what do you, when, what well, is I, that? that like, is that's there... essentially what I, I'm saying is it would be like, if you had a, a dense core, like, like a planet, you would have little pillars that come out and connect to the outer sphere. Yeah. I but see what you're saying. And instead having of a, instead having of, a, type in there that would be kind of crazy because aerodynamically that thing might be nuts yeah that's what i'm saying is you could do a lot of stuff with you know just tweaking like just having fans that would hell if you did it right well that wouldn't really work you'd have to print it in two pieces but you could almost do a like print in place bearing that you could put in the middle of it that would spin well, and the, honestly, when I, I, I decided to look up how they make wiffle balls, and it's some sort of polymer plastic that, that they they use to cast it, and then they, they actually do print it in two different sections, and then they pressure fit it together. Well, and you can do the same thing with, um, with PLA and a soldering iron. Have yeah, you seen just, that? Where you yeah, just, just yeah. melting it. Yep. Melt the two sides and then stick them together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could almost do that because 
I, I mean, I'm obviously seeing a bunch of different uh, styles, but it looks like most of them have the openings just on one side of the, the wiffle ball. Right, and that's what gives you the the crazy action is the wind coming into that ball from the one side and acting upon the solid side. See, and I bet, yeah, if you added some fans or, or some fan blades or some aerodynamic surfaces in there, especially if they were curved like right in front of the openings to kind of give it some crazy dynamics. But I would I would suggest almost printing it in two pieces, doing the, the solid side or in one. Because not only are you going to get much better prints because you're you're printing a, a half a circle and with the the cut side down you're going to have a much larger base for it to adhere to the bed and it's going to print a lot easier and faster right could, yeah. could we somehow use the could we you know the uh, stealth bomber could we print that material so then the wiffle ball would be undetectable to radar <laughs> and then even more unhittable i mean can that i mean in well... theory <laughs> I don't. In think theory, they make, come on, that, that think, makes sense, right? Come on. <laughs> I don't think they make stealth uh, or reactive stealth armor printed Filament. material. Yeah. Okay. At least not for you know pedestrian purchasing. Uh, probably the closest we that, have is carbon fiber. Pitch to hit. Yes, but that would be. I mean, that's that's the pitch you're going with when you really need a strike. <laughs> I mean that's that's the other thing I'm you going, could look at, yeah. Chris, would be carbon fiber. Because you have the steel nozzles. Yeah, and I thought I've been toying it around. It's been kind of fun just thinking about it. I mean, it's all new to me, so my brain doesn't necessarily see it the same way yours does, but uh I've been enjoying just tinkering with it and you know, you see my end game now is trying to come up with a wiffle ball that goes a little bit crazier than a normal wiffle ball because I think it would be just a hell of a lot of fun to uh, play a game where you have no idea what you're going to see from the ball coming at you. Yeah, the I would suggest thicker walls because that would – thicker walls with solid infill. It's going to take longer to print, but – Especially if you print it in two pieces, the uh, just the rigidity of having that four, you know, because I would assume your the one you tried was probably four layers thick. If I had to guess, probably. And if you went eight, because if you did it, you could almost do it in base mode too. Maybe, maybe not with the the holes. You could do the the solid side in base mode for sure. No, you can't. Base mode's only one layer. I'm just rambling. Yeah, it's all good. Like I said, it was just something that I wanted to bring up because, you know, it's fun. It's a wiffle ball. It's nostalgic, and uh, if I can get something designed that is crazy you know that's just even more fun kick the wiffle ball up a notch you want to 2.0 it make it even crazier wackier yeah that's the goal yeah because i always got a kick out of like curveballs and sliders back when i played 
just to see the motion on them and how they can really mess with your brain. Well, right. Like if you could make a wiffle ball like a screwball, like every time you threw it, it was like a screwball, even though you didn't have to screw up your elbow to do it. Like that would be cool. Well, they already do that. Like uh, the the pitches that you can throw with a wiffle ball, like you see some of these uh, people throwing these pitches and it looks like it's going to hit you for the first, I don't know, 15, 20 feet. And then all of a sudden it just like dives off into the strike zone. And you're like, how the hell did that happen? Right, it's like a like a splitter. Same thing. Like at the bottom, just drops out, and it's just it's just three inches lower than where it was, and you look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll have to. You'll have to look up some uh, wiffle ball pitching videos on YouTube when you get a chance, and just watch some of these pitches, and it'll blow your mind a little bit. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I never. You know what? That's an odd book report, but uh, you know what? I accept the challenge. <laughs> what do I have to do? You have to YouTube crazy whipple whiffle ball pitcher movement all right okay yeah. hey it's... never thought i'd be doing that but who knows what a, you know what i bet it's neat <laughs> when i'm up late with the baby in the morning this is the stuff i do <laughs> what can i say <laughs> hey what a, hey you gotta pass the time somehow but on the plus side too john uh since we're talking about 3d printing i wanted to throw out that um I have been working a lot at this and I successfully designed those caps. We got them put on the boat nice. and yeah, they fit just right. Uh, my measurements were correct. Uh, one of them has to be tweaked just a little bit, just, you know, cause nothing's ever as, you don't always measure correctly. Did you take my advice and get some calipers? I actually have some on order as we speak. Yeah, those make all the difference, especially with Tinkercad, because when you can get it down to the, the millimeter, it makes it so much nicer. Right, but Tinkercad marks everywhere, which is really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was kind of nice. I was able to print the caps. Now, these were just essentially caps to go over um, the metal uh, arms on a Bimini cover. Like the bimini top that comes up has metal arms, and when it's folded down, uh, the metal tends to be kind of sharp. So if you you worry about it cutting the cover on the boat, and so I just printed these caps to go over the metal arms, so that you don't have to worry about any kind of cuts. And then I just sanded the corners down, and and life is good. Nice, both Wait, well done. Way to use technology. Well, bravo. <laughs> I have a 3D printer and two hours worth of Tinkercad expertise to be able to create a big square. Yes. <laughs> but don't... Somehow you made it safer to vote. <laughs> See, and that's, that's the way to look at it, though, is yes, it took two hours, but the fact that you were able to create it and now you're, you know, you're learning skills as you go. Even if it's you know doesn't work, you're still learning, and that's something. That... Oh, I think I think it's wonderful. Like I said, I the the other one that I had to create was a little more intricate because it has two different posts that it has to attach to, and of course they're different sizes and different shapes. 
but I was successfully able to create a model of it. All I have to do is just adjust the positioning of the one arm, basically. Yeah, and that's... Where was I going to go with that? See, and that's how I got started with Tinkercad, is I just went in and started making stuff. Didn't necessarily make it to be printed, just made it to make and understand. That's how I've gotten laughably average at Blender. Uh, <laughs> Because I, I used to be a lot better back God, almost a decade ago. Um, but then, you know. Wait, does anybody on Blender make smoothies? I'd only <laughs> want smoothies. I made a milkshake in my Blender yesterday. So. Isn't it good? Yeah. Blender, yeah. That's only that's what I use Blender. I don't know what the kids are doing with Blender. I make smoothies. <laughs> See, and my advice for anyone trying to learn a new skill is just do it. That's how I've done it, and I'm not saying it's going to be that easy because I'm weird like that. Um, but like for Chris, if you really wanted to try and give Blender a go, the most—I don't know if it's exactly the most popular—but the Blender Guru on YouTube has a donut tutorial. Relatively simple, relatively easy, but you can make a 3D look or realistically realistic looking donut in blender in about an hour what is the donut because you're making me hungry i'm not it, thinking of the right thing <laughs> no you are it's it's a donut with He's icing and stink it. or sprinkles okay so you make one of those online perfect that'll help you with your social media <laughs> it's great because you get to you get to make a donut, but it doesn't give you any calories. So that's maybe that's the baker's donut. That's the, the <laughs> no calorie donut. There we go. Figure it out. Check next. What's, what's next on the list? Budget. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christ. That's that's hard. <laughs> no, but seriously, like John was saying, it is. I was scared of of Tinkercad because it's you know different and it's new. And I didn't know anything about it. And he showed me a few things just to get me started. And you realize very quickly that if you just sit down and look at it and try a, a few things, you, you start to get the feel of it. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, shit, I guess I can do this. Well, isn't that most thing? I mean, every like it's certain, th like I don't know, like learning, like cars or something if someone's not yelling at you you idiot it probably helps but it's just you just learn whether it's you know doing doing stand-up comedy or you know playing in a band or what it's just there's certain things where there's kind of there's i mean you can read about it or you can absorb but you just got to do it well and if you think about it that's actually gotten way easier in the last few years like I remember having to fix, I had a uh, 1991 Toyota Celica, and the only way that I could work on that car would be to go and buy those old books at the auto store that had, you know, every technical, you know, all the details of how to fix that car, but they were, you know, 20 bucks, whatever. Nowadays, if I need to figure out where something is on my car, I YouTube because I guarantee there's going to be something, someone that has done something similar to their car on YouTube 
as a tutorial or something. YouTube is great. I mean, that's pretty much what I use it for is finding out things that I need to know. Yeah, and I think it's taken the place of like uh, like as a, a guitar player to learn how to play a song like there you had there you'd go to the local guitar shop in your place and like where they bought magazines or you'd have to take lessons from the guy who would and now there's just you just hop on how to play this song boom on youtube and you're there so it's like it seems like that uh, just the the personal you the the people you used to have to track down are now just online so you just you know where to go you're getting the information but and as, it will. as there's no human contact and more importantly it's free well and actually i would think well free is always important but you're not limited to your locale like you know 15 years ago if you wanted to learn how to do a very specific style of guitar and no one in your area knew how to do it you were kind of sol now you can go on youtube and find you know whatever play style even if it's halfway across the world i feel like youtube should probably be censoring us right now <laughs> well i Just mean how this, much you this know. will be going up on youtube on monday I, I think I think people are aware. You know, yeah. if they if, yeah. if if all of a sudden they listen to this podcast and go, "What YouTube? I got to check that out." You're <laughs> wow. Especially if they're watching it on YouTube. Right? Yeah. If you're like, "What? Yeah, the thing you're watching it on? Oh, I'll have to search other stuff other than Fuse Relativity, which is awesome. But there might be other awesome I have to discover. They might have a couple other videos. But. <laughs> I don't know. I've yet to find it, Kirk. Oh, okay. So nothing has topped us. So, all right. So, well, you know what? That's, I appreciate the cockiness. Well done. <laughs> well, speaking of cockiness, Kirk, I don't know where I'm going with that, but let's go over to your corner for the week and see what you got going on. I think you're calling me a cock. I think that, I think that was, you called me a dick. I think that's what you did saying without saying it. So nothing oh. changed this week. Looks like there's a little mold on the cheese. Yeah, well, that means it's good. It's ripe yet. Look at that goose. I'm going <laughs> to get you. It's getting creepy. Somehow, uh, that thing is just going to stab you with its beak. It's just going to, you know, it's you never saw it coming. But, um, so yeah, you know what, Kirk Corner, I, I, I've been, uh, I came up with a new idea. Basically, over the years, I've had a lot of different jobs. I've had, if you don't count repeats, probably close to 25 of, of jobs I've had. So, essentially, I thought I would just then pick, pick one of them and then uh, kind of say stories or jokes or fun stuff that happened to it. And then you guys could pop in because... Like the first one is substitute teaching. I think a lot of people, they were always interested in that. They were like, oh, I remember ho being horrible to the sub. How did you do that? How did you maintain? So here, here's some jokes uh, about substitute teaching because uh, basically it was it really, it wasn't substitute teaching. Like people were like, oh, how was substitute teaching? I didn't really teach per se. It's more I took attendance and showed the movie Rudy. So it was, it's all, I mean, it's an inspiring tale. <laughs> and the first time I ever subbed, was for a high school German class. I lost complete control of these little bastards. Halfway through the class, they marched out and they invaded the French class. <laughs> <laughs> Who surrendered oh. immediately. 
They surrendered immediately, by the way. <laughs> French. And then, well, what you guys have kids? Well, here's the thing. Here's I'm subbing. I'm trying to be a good person. I was subbing for special ed class, right? And then a kid came in late, and I'm like, "What are you supposed to mark him?" <laughs> wow. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Well, I you can't. Uh, <laughs> I felt like a horrible human. Hey, you. You're tardy. He knew. He knew. There was oh, nothing sharp. He was wearing a helmet. Smelled like tinkle. You don't need to beat a dead retarded horse. Okay. All uh, right, and then uh, after to be a sub, here's 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 all you need. You need to you need to get a college degree, get fingerprinted, and then go sub orientation. And here's that after eight hours of boring me in subitude orientation, they go. Here's the thing: number one rule, only thing you really need to know is don't touch the kids. I and like at like three people got up and left. They're like do 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 do. I'm like oh. God, you guys are creepy, but it's, I, I wish I could everybody hate 82 in your handbook. Don't touch the kids. Seriously. We're not screwing around you pervert. And, um, and then they open up for Q and a, and then I was like, I wasn't paying attention. Can we touch the kids? Um, and then a grandma actually stood up and she's like, I've subbed and the kids want to hug you when they leave sometimes. And they go, is that okay? And they're like, no, you pervert. Didn't you read the do not? Like, I picture this grandma having to stiff arm this poor kindergarten, you know, stiff arming granny. Nothing? Okay. Um, Kirk, did you ever substitute for a substitute teacher? Um... I would be the guy like I like we like you better than the other sub because you don't care. Like, <laughs> I know I would you would sub for the real teacher. Here's the thing: if if the kids didn't care what the real teacher thought, they really didn't care what the, the sub thought. So that's how I, if the kids actually wanted to know what you, the note you were going to write, they actually respected the teacher. If they were combative, you're like, oh man, they just hate this teacher. It, it it made me learn that yeah I don't want to be a teacher because uh, it seems like they get a lot of crap. Well, I was gonna say kids are undeniably mean anyway. Bastards. <laughs> they were, that's what I learned and I like just the way they talk to each other and I just wanted to kind of like the kid. I was like, look, and you know I know this has been your whole life of getting shit on, but in three months you won't know any of these people if you if you keep in contact with four i'll be impressed but that's they've on the you know for 13 years they've been like uh just have to deal with this and get it's like their first horrible office job well and to throw in a little bit my kids i don't know where they got it from i don't know how but they they started calling each other potato heads as insults don't know where that came from is that some hit yeah, news sure thing that we don't know about? I, I don't know. It was just their default insult for a while. I suppose it could be a lot worse. I guess. But, uh... Oh, like I said, I actually had a class of, uh, when I was seven, they, a class asked me if I could buy them beer. And I thought about it. And I'm like, you know what? I could, but you guys look like pricks. Anyone invite me? So no. Why would I do that? And that's why you didn't like, do it. 
Well, and it's illegal, but honestly, <laughs> come on. Well, well, I remember one, like, it wasn't that bad. Like, probably the highlight, I remember one, I, I subbed for a, uh, it was PE class, and I played Bump Out, and I just destroyed a bunch of 14-year-olds in Bump Out. That's what I did for the first four hours of my day. And then I went and covered an English class, and I watched the second half of Princess Bride. I'm like, this wasn't a bad day. I was going to say, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great movie. Exactly. Like I got to watch an '80s class, or I'm just kind of like, all right. I just, cr- it, it, I was in that mindset of playing basketball in the sports. I'm just, I just crushed all these kids, and then, oh, there's Andre the Giant. Awesome, and they paid me eighty bucks. Anyone? You know? Well, they, like, the, yeah. Well, the, like the the German class joke. The thing I actually, I I would when I would sub, I would just show the kids my stand up just to amuse them because there's nothing else to do. But. um uh, the, one of the classes actually the, the the German class joke came in and the kid was in German class and I saw him next year and I guess he 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 goes we did it and I go you did what and he's like we invaded I guess he pestered because of that joke he bothered and pestered his German teacher to let them go invade the French class and at the end of the year she was just worn down and bored and they did it like like the like a German class marching into the French class with paper wads, threw them at the French kids, made them sign a peace treaty, uh, and surrender. So because of a joke that I told, like high school kids reenacted Nazi behavior, and they it gave me eighty bucks for that. I'm like, that's a weird, it's an yeah. odd day. Well, you left I, your mark, Kirk. <laughs> they let they learned that you know they you know they learned something sort of you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know if that would fly as much anymore, but well, hey, yeah, there was a couple in a yeah. Um... We can't argue with <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's like a child development class. This is okay. You guys both have kids, but I, I remember this specifically because it was a baby. It was like a, a doll that would cry. And the, to get the baby to stop crying, there was a metal slot that you had. They had to put a key uh, into the the back of the baby that was like, a, you know, so basically they're like, hey, high school kids, that baby won't stop crying. You know what you need to do? Sham a, sham, shove a metal thing in its back. That'll stop the crying. That, that seemed horrible. That seems bad. Just a little bit. PSA: Don't do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, don't. It's the not. It's <laughs> works. It's a. It's a fake baby. Don't do it. Is a real baby. But that's what they're supposed to be doing. Hmm. Well, hey, I think we should. Uh, let's let's go over to some space talk. We're hitting that time where we gotta get our last segments in here. Oh, happened again, John. Oh, it did. Are you right back to the opening? Uh, granted, the opening credits are cool. I will give you that, but you, you... <laughs> yeah, I, I, that whole thing was, I wanted to make it easier on me so I didn't have to go from the starting to that, then to this. And I thought, oh, I'll just do that. The downside is whenever I switch, it just, it starts back up again. Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm going to start off as I normally do with some ingenuity talk. Uh, this the helicopter did its sixth flight, and it did not go smoothly this time. Uh, the first five flights, we've been able to say success. 
the sixth flight, they pushed it to 33 feet in the air. And nine, I think it's meters per second, nine meters per second speed. And had it fly for 140 seconds, a little over two minutes, which is pretty impressive that they've been able to push it that far. I know it had the capability, they just weren't initially going to do that. But something happened with the navigation cameras that they're using, and it started to oscillate in the air back and forth. Uh, essentially, it lost control. It was able to push through and land safely, but that's something they're going to have to try and fix now. It was a camera issue, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, missing frames from its... Um, downward navigation camera and so right. well it's just when the alien stole it for a second so don't worry about that well that's what i was like i was like maybe there's just it's just the aliens that don't want to be photographed so they're like messing with the camera very anti-paparazzi like look i'm just i'm a famous martian get away so don't take a picture of my kid so that's what happened with the helicopter and uh it did land safely so Everything is okay on that front, but now they've got to try and fix the problem. And well, unless it's a hardware issue, it shouldn't be too big of a fit or a problem. Even if it is, it still shouldn't be that big of a problem. From what I can tell, they had actually planned for a problem. You know, they had essentially said, "Hey, what if this happens?" And so they had a backup plan ready for it. So. My guess is they'll have it up and running again relatively soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I, I, they, they, this is more than they're expecting to get out of it, so I think they're just kind of, I don't know, yeah, this is uh, oversensitive is the right word, but they're just looking like, look, this is beyond our expectations, so we're going to be overly cr critical. I don't know, the camera went wonky for a little bit. Eh. Well, I mean, that the problem is if it does have a, a critical thing and it lands anyway but on its feet, it's done. So it's got to be precision when it's coming. Like, there's not, you know, yeah, it can't roll an ankle. It's got to be boom. Like like a typical quad, well, any quad, really, or any helicopter, really, once it's on its, if it lands on its side or on its upside down, it, you have to physically fix it. It's like a turtle. Yeah. So if it, if it teeters at any point and tips over, it's... It's space junk. Can we go back to the turtle analogy? Does it like pizza? Does it live in the sewers? Is it... Come on, you guys, teenage, teenage. mutant ninja turtles. Yeah. yeah. What about the middle-aged? Are they, you know, I don't know, in their 40s and still kind of hacking it? Ninja turtles? Doesn't have the same ring. Doesn't no. pop. Not as much. Ooh, speaking of uh, totally... Uh just made me think of it did you uh john i know you know this but did you know that they're doing an adult version live action legends of the hidden temple show i did not yeah they rebooted it and it's gonna be for adults this time and it's gonna be uh you know a, a typical game show except for it's uh legends you know for adults yeah 
What's the show again? I didn't recognize it. It it was a Legends of the Hidden Temple. It was a game show on Nickelodeon back in yeah. the nineties. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're talking. I, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, okay. purple jaguars and teal anacondas. I'm more of a double dare. Um, you can't do that on television, but I, yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it'll be worth a watch. Sorry, that was a sidetrack, but. What do we have on the screen? What's this? So this is the pictures of clouds on Mars. These are the Mars clouds. You're right. They look like clouds. <laughs> What's the, uh, what do we got for significance of this? Uh, sorry. The kids started arguing. Um, so... They were trying to, if I understood this correctly, they were trying to see the formation of clouds, which happen on the equator during the summer. And they were able to get some pictures. This is the the, the first one I saw on NASA's site. Um, let's see if this one's animated. Yeah, that one's a little bit more animated. So the significance here is there are clouds on on Mars, and they've always speculated that they're like clouds on here with water molecules, all of that. They think these are a lot higher than uh, the water clouds would typically be, which means that they're speculating that they are CO2 ice. Um, I wanted to say water CO2, but that's not right. They're ice CO2 that's forming in the atmosphere. What's the implication of that? Anything? Not really. I, I don't know. I'm not... Obviously not a meteorologist. Um, I just think the fact that there are, in fact, clouds on Mars is amazing. But only around the equator. In my brain, it makes sense because there's an atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> I like how, Chris, you keep referring to in your brain, like as it's it's completely different than the rest of the world. Once but in here, it makes gorilla, complete Kirk. sense. <laughs> Gotta remember Bananas that. Bananas for breakfast? Hell yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. I'm a step above of a gorilla. That's right. Huh. I mean, cool to see clouds. I mean, any Mars pictures that we see, I'm still blown away by just because we're seeing pictures from a planet that's millions of miles away well and because you said like basically it's all it's cloudy there's clouds there all the time so do you think martians are going to be more into grunge music <laughs> well they may be picking up uh you know just now getting our 90s nirvana grunge so right well, it's, it's cloudy all the time they wear flannel so they're already kind of ripe for it I mean, if it was 20 light years away, they might just be getting that. Mars has had it for, you know, 20 years. Right. They they got angst, I'm sure. So <laughs> they can relate. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, John, that I was going to ask you about, I've been picking your brain a lot tonight, which is, I'm curious, I was reading again, we talked about the Artemis mission last week, and 
I keep reading articles that say it's a foolish, it's not going to happen. They're, they're not going to get there by 2024. See, I don't agree with that. I just, and this kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about was I think Starship is going to nullify a lot of, just a lot of stuff, like I was talking about last week. If... Well, my my question is this. Sorry, I cut you off, but I got to get my question out. Is one of the main sticking points is the gateway that we talked about? Yeah. Why the hell don't they just land on the moon? Because you still need fuel to get off of the moon. Oh. But your 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 point remains valid. So, and this is why I think the lunar gateway. I don't necessarily think it's not going to happen. I just don't think NASA's current version is going to happen, um, which would lead credence to it not happening in 2024. And the reason for that is Starship, I was looking this up before the podcast, <clears throat> Starship can hold two, uh, I, I'm, I just blanked on the, the size, but it can hold two shipping containers. And take them into space. Which is way more cargo than we've ever had. Yes, the Saturn V could take equivalent amount of tonnage to space. But I think the just the size of the cargo is going to be huge. Because if Starship can reliably take up a lot of, a, a, you know... If it can only take up 80 tons every time it launches, but then it can land and relaunch next the week next, it can build a much larger space station than NASA currently is envisioning. And if it can build a large enough space station and bring up a lot of supplies on the cheap, you can theoretically build a large spaceship in space that is designed just for space travel which would lead to like star wars destroyer not exactly a destroyer but we could build something in space that could go to other planets in a relatively quick time without having to deal with the the current issue of getting it off the planet because that's the biggest thing. Like most sci-fi spaceships you see, they don't make sense ever going into a planet's orbit. Or not orbit, into the planet's atmosphere. Because the amount of power to get out would be incredible. And... So they said something, on, something on the moon, it's almost like you're... Uh... Biden talking about the infrastructure and like setting up chargers for electric cars. You're this is almost like we need to set up a charging station where pe they can fly to there to then recharge, then to, to blast off to go f explore further. And recharge is a, a great way to put it because realistically, chemical. So I've been thinking a lot about space flight, essentially, and there's two main met well a lot of main methods, but Two of the biggest ones are chemical propulsion, which is using 
you know, fuel, burning fuel, and ion, which is electricity. Now, the biggest problem with ion engines is they're not efficient. Or not, they're actually, I take that back. They're extremely efficient. They're not very powerful. So you can use very little They, they fuel. zap their power quick. Yes. And part of, like, there's, there's satellites that currently have ion propulsion. The problem is the farther you get away from the sun, the less powerful the solar panels become, which means the less powerful the engine becomes. Now, if you are able to build something in space, you could potentially take up a nuclear reactor like we have on submarines and fix it to a spaceship in space and be able to power ion engines potentially to a degree that would make them viable for space flight. A nuclear generator would essentially be a... Uh, air compressor or you know a generator while camping like that's the equivalent that's that's the yeah. thing that's powering everything well and that's that's why I, I kind of equated the starship to a submarine a few episodes ago but that's where I see like space travel with chemical rockets is very limited yes we can do it like going to Mars if we can get refineries on Mars that can build methane for the starships, that's fine. We can have a, a two-way system to Mars and back. The problem but is... But why, why, why bring fossil fuels, a thing that's going away, to this brand new technology when, a, when there's well, a more efficient way to go about it? They're not fossil. It's methane. So it can be produced. And it's what they do do is they, they produce it... Doo -doo and methane. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I but, was I was like Chris is gonna call him on this. He just said doo -doo. Uh, but that's why they want refineries on Mars, and that's why um, I was gonna say ingenuity. That's not right. That's the helicopter uh, perseverance. And that's why yep. they were doing those those oxygen tests to see if they can make oxygen out of the atmosphere, because if you can get oxygen and carbon you can make methane and all starship needs is oxygen and methane to to go but if we wanted to do manned missions to say titan or any of the moons around jupiter chemical propulsion just it, it's not efficient enough the the trip would be years long so even with the amount of methane that chris could produce it's still not efficient you would need a herd of cows, and I don't even think that's 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 feasible. Or Chris eating a burrito, essentially. <laughs> but you gotta be like that, Kirk. <laughs> but that's that's why I think Starship is going to completely dominate, especially once it goes orbital, and if it goes orbital this year. By 2024, we could absolutely see stuff all over the place because you now have a rocket that can relaunch, you know, potentially launch reliably multiple times in a week. Like the whole plan of Starship is to land it, land both the booster and the rocket, 
and then put them back together and launch it again. Hmm. Well, John, I, I don't mean to cut you off again. I'm sorry, but no, you're like good. I'm going to have to get Boogie in here in a minute. Um, can we jump over to the off topic real quick so I can show off my. Uh, if I can remember where thing. I put it. There we go. All right. So for our anniversary, my wonderful wife got me a outdoor griddle grill. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Mongolian barbecue, but we decided to make our own at home Mongolian barbecue. And it was a lot of fun and it was fantastic. So you can kind of see our little see our little setup we had going on here, and uh, the left, of course, is the fixins, and then the right is the is the barbecue as it's cooking on the griddle, and it was it was worth it. How do you clean? Like, do you, do you can you take the hose to it, or how do you clean it? Do you scrub it? Yeah, just scrub it. It's just scrub a steel cooktop. Yeah, I've got a tiny a griddle wall. at home, or tiny countertop griddle myself. I use it's it. It's like the a time. George Foreman grill, but it's not slanty. I don't know what's going on. It was just—it was really fun. It was—I'm uh, a fan of Mongolian barbecue, so why not recreate it at home? Definitely cheaper. Nice. Well done. Yeah, it's always cheaper to cook at home. So yeah. So well, well done. That's part of the reason why we didn't do something last Friday. I was making uh, 27 breakfast burritos to freeze. Nice. Mm. I just had a chorizo breakfast burrito. Mm, chorizo. Chorizo's Kirk, good. Did you have anything for off topic this week? Oh, well, it's another food one. You kind of started the food thing. I found a story where... Uh, it was in Philadelphia. They built a 510-foot uh, long cheesesteak. So it was like a world's record. They set a world's record for it. Um, so they, they built 510-foot cheesecake um, or cheesesteak. And I'm guessing the next day, you know what they didn't build? A salad. <laughs> <laughs> but any, anyway, but like just seriously, Chris, how many feet of cheesecake could you eat before it started to spoil? You know, like that, that Simpson episode where he ate the sandwich. Like, do you think you could get like, like three, like three yards? Like how, how many, John, you can guess too. Like how many would be, how many feet would Chris be able to take before it soured and he stopped eating? I don't know. I used to eat a lot more than Chris. I don't know about, I don't know about that, dude. Well, I mean, when I was cross country, not now. It depends on the size of the cheesesteak, but I'm going to guess I could probably do... I was going to say, oh, I could... I, I could two feet. That's it? I bet, you know what? It wouldn't turn bad. I would, you know, you could probably eat it for seven days. You could eat for a week, I would say. So, like, seven days of eating it. What, See, like three I, feet a day? I could easily eat two uh, Subway footlongs, so... And granted, those aren't actually foot long, so. Right. Yeah. 
Well, 510 feet of cheesesteak is a little bit too much. I don't think I could take that one down. Right. Yeah, you'd have. I, uh, I know for a fact that I can eat three pounds of food in one sitting relatively easily. So however many three pounds of cheesesteak is in a foot okay. form, <laughs> I can handle it. Yeah, see, I could, I would guess I could probably do a couple, four or five feet a day. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of one sitting. Well, one sitting, I could probably easily do three. But then you, that's what you're eating for lunch, breakfast, dinner. It's just cheesecake, cheesecake, cheesecake. Which, which I would absolutely do. Yeah, what's wrong with that, Kirk? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just I'm letting you know. The last the week way, has all been breakfast burritos for me. That's delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not complaining, that. but yeah, if I could, I mean, cheesesteak. I saw on the cheesesteak front. Apparently, there's this thing in Philadelphia where they take a cheesesteak and they wrap it in a piece of pizza. <laughs> and I feel like I want to eat that. Don't. Yeah. It's now, probably good, but. I I, although get... I had like chocolate dipped bacon dipped in chocolate, and I was like, "This is horrible! You ruined bacon." So it might—I don't know. Those see, are both it... good things to eat. I, I could actually see that because I was just about to say ah, it doesn't sound good, but my normal Domino's order is Philly cheesesteak and bacon. Oh, so you're already there? Yeah, that's already yeah. You've crossed yeah. the threshold. It's all relative, I think. Uh... Well, and the... Right, and so one more. So just a, a steak in the heart kills a vampire. A cheese steak gives the vampire heartburn, and then forces them to nap, and then twenty years later kills them with a heart attack. So, oh. a cheese steak through the heart is more of playing the slow game. I want cheese steak now. <laughs> All this cheese steak talks makes you hungry. Go to go to uh, uh, large marges. Uh, you're way You're far. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit of a trip, but. We it's have a we have a cheesesteak place called Large Marges, John, and they have pretty good oh. cheesesteaks. But the way that I order it is, <clears throat> they do any of their cheesesteaks that you want. I get the green chili uh, cheesesteak, and instead of on a bun, they serve it on French fries covered in cheese whiz. But they're really good. They're the thick French fries. They soak yeah. it up. It's oh, it's large marge. Large marge makes us think of the Simpsons too. Large marge. Large marge. All right, so, me. John, did you have any off topics? Did you have any food off topics this week? <laughs> Other than my burrito in Denver's, I did um, make a pizza quesadilla that my air fryer cooks really well. So like a pizza on a tortilla? Yeah, it's just like it's just a quesadilla with I put pepperoni and pizza sauce in it. Hmm. And then froze That's... it for cuz we're we're back into kind of a meal prep type of situation. Just plan it for the whole week, then you have to worry about it. That's, you you yeah. know what you're eating. Yeah. Yep. I bet and you snacks. Delilah, Delilah would like a pizza quesadilla. Well, and that's that's what I use my griddle for a ton. That and the burritos. Hmm. Nice. Now we've been talking about food, and I'm, I'm hungry again, and I'm bummed about it because I don't actually want to eat anything. 
all that all the MSG and the Mongolian barbecue I just ate knocked me out. Are you ready to crash? Yeah, you got the yeah the big. You're doing the belly rub, I bet. You're doing the belly <laughs> rub. Yep, just like Buddha. Well, I think we will call it an evening on that. I do have some, uh, you know, fatherly duties I have to take care of here. And they so, can't cut their own switch yet, so you still got to cut their switch for them. <laughs> <laughs> I got to change some duties is what I have to do. Right. Not yours this time? Not yours? Not my, hey, not mine this time. Oh, good for you. Yay. All right. No duties in crit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, good news on the streaming front. I have got a capture card now. So hopefully this this week we will get uh, into streaming some games and uh, catching up on some of our uh, lacking. Get back to baseball. Yeah, yeah. Maybe get some baseball going. Me and Kirk. Uh, I was going to say Monday we, I might be able to join especially if you want to do something in the evening look i've been wearing i've been wearing a cup every show in preparation <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> thanks for the crotch update kirk we might continue uh kirk's lemur adventures too oh that's that, that's why i wear the cup the lemurs were going after me <laughs> um me and kirk have been enjoying uh baseball talk recently and i'm gonna keep working on my wiffle ball maybe we'll figure out how to work that in and uh yeah we'll go from there but uh lucky number 13 in the books nothing bad has happened so it's always a good thing oh my god my butler murdered himself bum bum no okay i'm just kidding it didn't that didn't happen my butler's fine (laughs) (laughs) all right well i'm gonna sign off there chris uh thanks everybody for showing up this weekend john always fun Kirk, you suck. And uh... <laughs> oh. oh, all right. Enjoy your breakfast, Brios, everybody. <laughs> have a good evening. Yeah, have a good one. <laughs>